0: Hello friends, welcome to the Let's Give a Damn podcast. I'm your host, Nick LaPara. I'm so thrilled you've chosen to join me today. Before I dive right in, I want to share a couple things with you. Something I'm doing that you might be interested in and something I'd like for you to do. First, the something I'm doing. I'll be starting a series of live streamed conversations on the internet starting May 8. These will be COVID related conversations. I'll be talking to some amazing humans about how they're surviving this quarantine, what they're making and or creating, and what they hope to change, what they hope changes, as we begin to find ways to go back out into society and so much more. My friend Brad Montague, creator of Kid President, will be one of my guests. Also, journalist and activist Nora Tagori will join me and many, many others. I won't share all the names now. I want you to get excited about those two first. This will be a fun series, and it will be visual as opposed to audio like the podcast, so it'll be different. To keep up with the details for this series, go follow us on Instagram at Let's Give a Damn. And if you want to make sure that you're informed, click on the link in Let's Give a Damn's Instagram bio and sign up for our email newsletter. And for the second thing, that is the thing I want you to do. Right now, there are 121 reviews on Apple Podcasts for this podcast, Let's Give a Damn. All but three of them are five stars. The other three are four stars. I kid you not, one of the four-star reviewers told me he wanted to give me five stars, but at the time, all I had were five-star reviews, and he didn't want to make it seem like the reviews were fake because they were all five stars. So he gave me a four-star review to change it up. Thanks, man. I guess. But here's what I want you to do. 121 reviews right now. By next week... I want there to be 130 five-star reviews. I mean it. That's only nine in a week. Nine of you. Nine of you. I think we can do it. You don't even have to leave a review, honestly. A rating is just fine. So you go on to Apple Podcasts on your phone right now or on your desktop, on your laptop, search for this podcast, click on the five stars, and you're done. You're finished. You can do all of this in just a few seconds, and it would mean the world to me. I give you this free podcast each week, and you give me a few seconds of your time, beyond listening to this, obviously, to go and leave a review or a rating and a review. So would you be willing to pause the podcast right now to go do that and then come back? I'll wait. Okay, I won't wait that long. Hopefully you paused it, went and reviewed the podcast, and came back. Wink, wink. So let's move on. I have some thoughts I'd like to share with you today, a few things I've been processing through in my life, with my family, and with my mentors. Most of us, regardless of where you are in the world, but especially since most of our listeners are in the US, most of us are 40-ish days into stay-at-home orders of some kind. One month ago, in the US, there were 1,000 COVID-19-related deaths. As of this recording, which took place one day before it releases. So it's Monday morning, five in the morning, in my shed right now. One month ago, there were 1,000. And as of this recording, there are 55,000 deaths and roughly 1 million confirmed coronavirus cases in the US. 54,000 in a month. There are roughly 3 million confirmed cases in the world and 200,000 deaths, which means this country alone the United States of America, which contains one twenty-fourth of the world's population, has a third of the world's cases and a quarter, one-fourth of the world's deaths. Before we go any further, let's just sit with those numbers for a moment. 200,000 deaths around the world in the past few weeks. Every single life matters, and this number hurts me. It grieves me. We shouldn't gloss over news like this, right? Everything may look sunny in your part of the world as you're quarantined and safe and healthy, but so many aren't. I'm not trying to make you feel bad for that. If you're safe and healthy, fantastic. I wish that on you and everybody. But if you're safe, healthy, and religious, I hope you take time right now to thank God for caring for you. Don't take that lightly. So many are not. Like my friend Brendan who is a nurse in Seattle and he got called to New York City a couple weeks ago to serve for six weeks, 12-hour shifts, seven days a week as a nurse in New York. He's not safe and healthy right now. Well, hopefully he's healthy, but he's not safe. So if you're safe and healthy, thank God. And if you're not religious but you are safe and healthy, thank whoever and whatever you want to thank for safety, but be grateful. Gratitude is important right now, my friends, yes? So if you're looking at the news and you live in the US, if you know what's going on right now, you know that some states are beginning to open up in the next few days and weeks. Georgia has already opened up to some extent. They've even opened up hairdressers and tattoo parlors because those are essential businesses. I know in my current city of Nashville, they've begun a four-phase reopening, a slow reopening, which will take place over the next two months. I think it's a smart plan. I know that people need to get back to work and that businesses are failing at an astronomical rate and that 20-plus million Americans are out of work. I understand all of that. It's all tragic, right? And so I like Nashville's four-phase reopening that will take two months to complete, and I won't use this time to comment on what I think about the state's reopening for two reasons. One, I'm sure to piss off half of y'all. And two, I'm not an expert, so I don't want to venture into territory that I don't know that well. I have my thoughts, but I could be wrong and probably am wrong in some ways on this topic. So I'll leave it to the experts, and I will just pray. I will pray that we don't have a resurgence of virus and people being infected by the virus. Regardless, it won't take long before people are out and about, right? That is, that is for sure. Before some businesses open up, before more people start heading back to work, and inevitably, they will forget about what they've felt, about what we've felt, about what we've learned during this time, and about what we want to change moving forward. I hear lots of people talking about how they can't wait for things to go back to normal. You've heard this, right? I don't know about you, but I'm not. I'm not. I don't like what we had. I don't want to go back to normal. What I do want is for us to build something better. Something bigger. Something that includes more people. I want to build our future normal to be much different than the one we had a month or two ago. So, because two months ago, Our planet was experiencing, I'm just gonna bring up a few things that two months ago, things are drastically different now and I don't want them to go back to that way, right? Two months ago, our planet was experiencing massive amounts of climate change. People knew it was bad, you knew it was bad. Everybody knows it's bad. Everybody knows we're in a really bad situation and that our climate crisis is speeding up. So people knew it was bad but they didn't want to change it badly enough. That was evident in behaviors. Not still driving as much as they wanted, and still not composting and recycling, and still buying clothes from wherever, and still supporting businesses and and uh, organizations that were harming the environment. Right? We, we we can know something cognitively, but not make change, and that's what was by and large happening in the world. So we knew it was bad, but we didn't want to. Ch- we didn't want to change it drastically enough to change the way that we were living. This virus has caused us to stop, right? I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. To clear the streets, to let Mother Earth breathe for a little bit. Pollution has disappeared in many cities. There, there are photos in India, cities that have not been able to see the Himalayas for decades. Now they can see them. Even if you look at, if you look at the, the Los Angeles skyline right now, it's so much clearer. I talked with my friend Paige. In L.A. the other day, she said everything, like everything, breathing is easier. The skies are clearer. Friends, animals are coming out of hiding in tourist spots. There are photos and reports from national forests and national parks and different places around the U.S. and the world where animals are coming out of hiding because there aren't people there all the time. This is their earth too, right? And I hope climate scientists will be able to tell us over the next few months just how good, how great this break was for the earth. And there are other injustices and shitty things that have been exposed during this time. Income inequality, is screaming very loudly for us to check it out and make some changes, right? We are one of the wealthiest countries in the world. And yet most American citizens could not survive a $400 surprise bill. We're one of the wealthiest countries in the world would break the bank for most of us. At the same time, a handful of billionaires in the US increased their net worth by $204 billion since this pandemic started. How is it that 26 million people are out of work right now? Think about that. 26 million people. We're talking numbers that we've not seen possibly ever. I'm not an economist but definitely not in your and my lifetime or in our parents' lifetime. 26 million people out of work and yet the wealthiest people in our country, the billionaires, their net worth has increased by 200 billion in the last 30 to 40 days. The income disparity is very, very apparent right now. And how about healthcare? Healthcare. I know some of you don't wanna talk about this, I get some very heated conversations about health care with people that I love, people that I appreciate, people that I respect. But how about health care? Senators, governors, our president, try to convince us that most Americans are happy with their employer provided health care. But we just saw 10 million Americans that represent millions more if you add their partners and spouse or their partners and their kids in there. 10 million Americans, 10 million American workers lost their insurance in, in a matter of a few days. They don't have insurance right now. And I can't imagine going through this pandemic without health insurance. Can you imagine that? Maybe that's you. Maybe you're, you're shouting at, the, at your earbuds right now or your headphones are in your car. That's me. I lost insurance. 10 million Americans in the wealthiest country in the world lost insurance during a pandemic. That would be fucking scary. And maybe you're scared. And yet millions are doing that just right now. They're going through this pandemic, no insurance. And you might be asking the question, well, Nick, there's no way that people would be charged if they had to go to the hospital for coronavirus, right? For the COVID-19. There have been people that have survived the coronavirus and have started getting bills already for $25,000, $30,000 for a hospital visit that saved their lives from this invisible virus that they got that they were infected with. Friends, we need a massive healthcare revolution. Yes. Again, we can argue about what that looks like, but we need one. We can argue all day long about whether or not we need a universal basic income, right? Speaking of which, my next podcast guest is the incredible Annie Lowry, who wrote a fantastic book called Give People Money. And we're going to talk about this topic extensively. So if you've ever wondered about the UBI. Maybe you were a fan of Andrew Yang during the, uh, these last few months, I guess over a year that he was campaigning. We're going to talk more in depth about that. But we can talk about and argue about universal basic income. We can argue about uh, housing as a right. We can argue about minimum wage. We can argue about a ton of other things. But you cannot fuck with people's health. Think about this. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. You, you could even not have a job. You cannot eat for a little bit. Like you cannot have a bunch of different things go wrong, right? You can live on the streets. I know some very amazing people that I would love to get out of the streets, but that are healthy and they are some of the kindest, most amazing people I've ever met that are homeless, right? You don't need a home. I, I personally think housing is a right, but you don't need that to live. You can survive. But if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And in this country that that says it loves its citizens so much here's what we need to do we need to consider some sort of universal health care if this country loves its citizens so much as much as it says she does then it's time to consider universal health care or a single payer health care system or something better than what we have right now where tens of thousands of people go bankrupt every year in the US because of medical bills not irresponsible spending not failed businesses medical bills that's evil I don't know what else to tell you. If you don't think that that is evil, I don't know what else to tell you. When you think of Cuba, what do you think? We think dictators, poor people, oppression, right? And many of those are true or have been true of Cuba. But they have universal health care. Let's quickly look at the numbers. We have 330 million citizens in the U.S. They have 11 million. Right, So they are one-thirty-third of the size of us, roughly. I'm not a mathematician. That was just quick looking at it, thinking about it, math. They have had 1,369 cases of the coronavirus and 54 deaths so far. 1,369 cases, 54 deaths. That compares, again, they're one-thirty-third of our size. Compare that to our one million cases and our 55,000 deaths. Much of that can be attributed to our healthcare system and their, their proactivity, right? Our healthcare system versus theirs and our proactivity versus theirs. Something to look at. And there are other examples all over the world outside of the U.S. where you can see these drastically low numbers and you look at their healthcare system and it's way better way more proactive. People aren't scared to go to the doctor. They're not scared to show up at the hospital because of what what their bill is going to come out to be. I think I've mentioned it before that a year and a half ago, I had to go to the hospital. We had, I had a health scare. I won't go into it now. It's weird. But I had a health scare and had to go to the hospital. And so I went. And at the recommendation of a nurse friend of ours, I went. I was just going to leave it because that's what I usually do. I went to the hospital. I was there for an hour and a half, I saw a doctor for a grand total of five minutes, he came in, asked some questions left, did not get any meds, did not get prescribed anything. The things they prescribed were over the counter things that I could grab at Target or Walgreens or whatever. And so hour and a half, five minutes with a doctor, um, I got a $3,500 bill a couple weeks later. Fought it for a while, because that's ridiculous. Ended up with, I think, $2,000. They knocked off $1,500. That's insane, friends. All I'm saying is, with this, with climate crisis stuff, with income inequality, with healthcare, I just want us to think about some of these injustices or problems that have come to the surface now more than ever. We're seeing them very glaringly, very apparently. And friends, I'm not shitting on America here, okay? Okay, maybe I am just a little bit, but here's my motive, God honest truth. I'm trying to call us to do better and to be better in this next era of our country, in this next normal of our country. I don't want it to be the last normal like it was before. And here's why I think I can, at least a little bit, shit on America. The great James Baldwin said, I love America more than any country in the world, and exactly for this reason, I insist on the right to criticize her perpetually. When you love something, when you love someone and you want to see them get better, you can constructively criticize, and that's what I'm trying to do. I am not someone that wants to put out, point out problems and then not help create solutions, I hope you know me enough after 140 podcast episodes and with seeing me on social media and seeing all the things that I'm trying to do, I hope you know that I'm not just trying to display the problem and then not offer solutions or not be part of the solution at least, right? And I'll be honest with you, I don't love America as much as James Baldwin did. I lived overseas for a good chunk of my life and I've been on almost every continent and in dozens of countries. So I have a, a kind of a bigger global worldview and I love America, but I don't love it more than any country on earth. But I love this country enough to know that she can and should do and be better. We all know this. Friends, we get to be part of the change, okay? Here's the hopeful part of that last rant that where I just was pointing out these glaring injustices that are happening. We get to be part of the change. We get to lead the change. We get to help others give a damn. We don't have to wait for permission. There is no rule book. We just need to go out and try and try and try again. I've been trying to continue to give a damn throughout this entire quarantine. It's been interesting, it's been hard, but it's been very worth it. I cannot tell you how fucking exciting I am for, this, for us to begin to get out, responsibly of course, but for us to begin to get out, to begin to find new ways of creating, making, sharing, loving other people, giving a damn. Rant almost over, rambling almost over. If you're still listening to me ramble, I love you. You're the real one, the real ones. I hope it's not just one person listening. If not, I should probably find a new hobby. And I really, really want to hear from you. If you're still listening right now, I really wanna hear from you. DM me on social media, shoot me a message, hello at nicklapara.com or hello at com. They'll all get to me. I want to hear how you're doing. I mean it. I want to hear how you're doing. I want to hear what you're excited about. I want to hear if you're feeling great or shitty. No judgment from me either way because both of those feelings are very valid right now. And I want to hear if anything in this podcast monologue spoke to you if anything jumped out at you, and what your plans are going forward. I hope that you, as much as I do, I hope that you don't want to go back to normal. I hope the new normal is much better than the one we had before. Are you with me? I hope you are. As always, friends, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. You can find Let's Give a Damn on all the social media, uh, including MySpace, just kidding, no MySpace, at Let's Give a Damn. You can find me on all the socials, at Nick LaPara. Please hit me up, hello at letsgivadam.com, if you need anything at all. If you have any ideas or thoughts you want to share with me, this show was created by me, produced by Chad Snavely, and the music is by our friend Propaganda. We are part of the Matter Media family, and we're grateful for their partnership. Please share this episode with a friend or two or 10 today. And please leave us a five-star rating and review if you have another minute or two to spare. Friends, I can't wait to spend time with you next week. Annie Lowry, the author of Give People Money, economist, she's amazing. It's gonna be a great conversation. So come back for that. Sending lots of love and light to each one of you. Keep giving a damn. I love you. Peace.